Hi guys, this is Sarah from Weird Horizon Podcast and you are listening to Bigfoot Club Podcast. Hey guys, please go to our website at www.bigfootclubpodcast.com. Please check out our bios, please buy some merch, and you can listen to all our old episodes. Also, check us out on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us by typing Bigfoot Club number one. That's Bigfoot Club the number one. Also, if you have any strange stories or if you just want to reach out to us, please email us at BigfootClub, the number one, at gmail.com. Also, check out Matt Knapp's Bigfoot Crossroads. He is on all platforms. Hey, everybody. Robert Jesse Dominguez, Bigfoot Club, Season 4, Episode 16. I'm here with Big Boy Jones 2029. I'm sorry. Steven. Steven. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's my Twitch, I guess. Yeah, that's that's his Twitch handle, so I just wanted to say that real quick. How's, how's Twitch going really, really quick? Uh, it's going pretty well. Um, getting getting viewers, I like, you know, uh, the goal is to get more, but, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying the, the you know, streaming, playing video games, and talking to chat, and... Right. Yeah, but it's it's going good. I'm having I mean, fun. I mean, I know I'm always on it, but I I just want to ask that for yeah. Bigfoot Club one in the house for the listeners. Yes. But anyway, um, I'm really excited today. Um, this is actually the actually the first guest that I'm actually uh, interviewing that was interviewed through Matt Knapp with Bigfoot Crossroads, mm-hmm. and so um, I want to introduce uh, Wolfgang. Wolfgang, hello. Hello. Hey man, thanks thanks so much for being on. I just wanted I just first of all I just want to say that and, and I we'll we'll probably get to this, but I I'm just wanted to say if I ever saw somebody dressed as Snake Plissken, I would no, I would walk over to you really fast and say and grab you by your shoulders and say we're gonna be best friends because <laughs> I love Snake Plissken and I I heard a rumor that you were dressed as Snake Plissken at at one time yeah i mean it was just for uh an egyptian theater screening of escape from new york and escape from la and john carpenter was there and uh and i was you know, i mean that's that's one of my favorite movies from the 80s anyway so my, uh, my too. <laughs> and it, it was such an easy like get up like it wasn't screen accurate or anything i just happened to have a leather jacket and like a a pirate patch that i threw on you know <laughs> And you, and you I didn't naturally expect, have long I, hair too. I did, yeah, yeah, a little bit. It wasn't as long as snakes, but right. um, I met. Uh, I didn't expect to meet John Carpenter face to face. So, like, I went to go get something out of my car, and when I was, uh, John Carpenter was walking up the alleyway to go into the theater, and he walked up to me and he says, "Oh, Snake Plissken, I thought you were dead." <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> obviously, that made my year. Yeah, <laughs> that man. I'm telling you. I mean, oh my! What are the odds? That that is. I didn't expect it. Synchron- I mean, because with these events, with these events, you show up and like, uh, you you just likely not going to meet anybody because there's a, a theater full of people that want to meet them anyway. So mm-hmm. the best you can expect is actually just hearing them talk about their movies or whatever. So it was purely accidental. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, that what, did, what did he say to you? I mean, did he, did he other than that, other than that, that great. Other than that, he didn't say much. He, he was actually smoking a cigarette before he went in the theater too. We, we exchanged some words. I can't remember. I, I was probably too. He's one of the few people that I kind of fanboyed over, you mm-hmm. know, 
and uh, I can't remember what we spoke about, but uh, I think I mentioned something about being really excited to see a double feature for the first time on the big screen, and he was uh, ecstatic about that. And you know, um, I I wanted to throw this at you like really really quick or for down the road. I'm planning on doing an episode of just us talking about Escape from New York, and I would really love it if you came on and talked to us about that as well. Uh, of course. Okay. I can, I can talk about that movie all day long, especially <laughs> so, especially Lee Van Cleef. I love that guy. Oh, yes. Clint Eastwood movies, and oh, my God. it was. I mean, because that movie was basically like a Western, pretty much. Yeah, yeah that was his, his uh, homage to uh, Spaghetti Westerns. Yes, absolutely. Okay, well... As much as I want to talk about Escape in New York all day, mm-hmm. um, like I was saying before, uh, we I, I've we have officially not met. Uh, no, I know you. But we will. Yeah, we we definitely will. And I would just wanted to say that I know I got I um, I was talking to Matt Knapp about you, and this was kind of odd because um, he was telling me he goes, "Hey, you got to have Wolfgang on," and I go, yeah. "Okay." He goes, uh, he had some Bigfoot experiences. He met John Carpenter. I go, okay, uh, I, I want to talk to him already. And so he was, he was telling me about you. And it was, it was funny because, like, we were, we were, like, talking on the phone uh, about you, and then you messaged me. And that's when I heard your, uh, your podcast about your uh, near-death experience about a year ago. Right. Wow. And, and I listened to that whole thing, and I was – you know, I'm always interested in that. Like, what is it that um, people go through when they're having a near-death experience? And and it was uh, fascinating to listen to. And and I was like, you know what? This this guy sounds cool. The people he's talking to sounds cool. And oh wow, he's from Irving, Texas, and that's exactly <laughs> the, the soil I'm standing on right now. I need to just message this guy and say, hey. I mean, because like once once he told me that, and then you messaged me, I go, I told Matt, I go. Guess who's messaging me right now? He goes, hey. I go, Wolfgang. He goes, you got to be shitting me. I go, no. He's messaging me right now. I go, synchronicity at its finest. Synchronicity. Uh, it is. So, but um, but again, you know, I wanted to say thank you for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah for having me. I know I, I, I list, I know I talk, I messaged you like off show and I was talk, I was talking to you about, uh, I listened to another show. Uh, that had you on and you were talking about your experiences. So I want to, I wanted to go talk about your experiences on, uh, cause I, I'm assuming that your experience was not pleasant or was it pleasant or is, um, am I getting that wrong? Uh, my experiences, uh, the two main ones that really, uh, jolt to me were not, they were not pleasant at all. No. Okay. You want to, can we, can we revisit that? Is, <clears throat> is that okay? Or yeah, that's fine. Um, uh, well, uh, let's see. I guess uh, th- this took place. I mean, I had experiences prior to that, but I didn't think that they were Bigfoot related experiences. Um, so, can we back it up to that? Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, the first experience that I had that I didn't think was Bigfoot related, my I was uh, hanging with a friend of mine. We were in. Uh, grade school for sure it was probably like third or fourth grade and uh he lived near the woods you know in uh, northeast canton ohio and uh he and i were out playing back out back you know back then you know like parents would just kind of let you 
go do your thing wherever you wanted to go, you know, just be back by dinner. And uh, so uh, my friend and I, we went, we went out playing, carrying on, you know, like exploring. Uh, that's how I spent most of my childhood was exploring in the forests. Um, and uh, we were out there. I know that we were making a lot of noise, just, you know, we were probably playing G.I. Joe or something like that. And, uh, and we heard some uh, trees shaking. And uh, it startled us, and I looked over to my side, and up in this tree, there was a monkey, like, shaking the tree branches. It was, like, looked like a small ape. And then it just, you know, sat there and stared at us, and <laughs> it obviously scared us silly, and we ran back into the house, you know, at that point. And I never chalked that up as to being, like, a Bigfoot. I just thought, you know well, that's weird. Why is there a monkey in Ohio, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I just never really paid much attention to that. Uh, and this was actually about four miles from where my next sighting would be. And uh, it had turned out I was having issues with uh, my girlfriend at the time and... Um, and I was distraught. And any time I wanted to, like, clear my mind, I would go camping. And sometimes it was by myself. I wanted my friends to camp with me, but they both had to work in the morning. And they uh, they did not uh, have the, uh, the opportunity to do that on that particular night. So I was like, uh, I think I was getting my car fixed or something like that. I probably was because my car always needed fixed. And... Uh, <laughs> And so I was like, can you drop me off at this this point, this spot, and I can go in, I can walk in, and I can create my uh, my campsite. And they were like, sure, no problem. We'll help you set up your camp. It's no problem. Which my camps were never, like, complicated in any way. So uh, there's a spot where I used to go to when I was a kid with my friends. Uh, it was near the series of uh, coal mines. And uh, they basically got me out there, and uh, and we set up camp and everything. It, it was uh, it was getting dark pretty fast, and so they're like, "We have to go." I was like, "Yeah, I understand." You know, you know, we'll see you tomorrow or whatever. I was just the camp would have been probably like a, a mile away from my my parents' house. I wasn't living there, but I could just walk there and get a ride from my mom or dad or whatever to go back to my apartment. Um, so that night, um, the fire's dying down, and uh, and I'm getting tired. I'm think the only thing I'm thinking about is this this issue I'm having with this girl, you know. So I'm not thinking. I'm just. I mean, this is just normalcy for me. I. I would go out and I would go camping, period. And there's just, there's no, uh, I wasn't afraid of anything because I had, I think, you know, like even at that point in life, and I was super young at the time, I had done it so many times, there was just nothing to be afraid of out in the woods. My dad, he like gave me a, like a pellet gun to, you know, fend off like any like wild dogs, like coyotes or whatever, which obviously that probably wouldn't 
be very effective. But uh, I didn't have that at the time. But I just, at that point, I just was not afraid of much of anything. Um, at this actually, point, I was going to ask you, at this point, did you did you know anything about Bigfoot or did you not know anything? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I what I, you know, I saw the Leonard Neboy thing uh, in search of with the uh, Patterson-Gimlin footage. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I, you know, I was intrigued by it, but I, I just assumed that it was a Pacific Northwest type of thing. And so uh, I, I would not equate like Bigfoot being in the area that I was at. So, uh, so I follow, I, I fall asleep, and, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm probably sleeping pretty good at this point, and at around. One thirty, two o'clock in the morning. I I jolt awake and I feel uneasy and I don't know why. I just know that uh, something's wrong, but I I know that I'm cold, like I'm I'm starting to freeze. This was a. Uh, this was getting towards fall anyway, and so the the nights were cold, and so I I start blowing on the 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 coals of the fire to get that going again. And, uh, and then I hear it and it's a high pitched scream. And obviously like, uh, it sends me like into an instant fear. Like, what is this? It's nothing like I heard before. I, I know that you guys have probably, uh, heard of like the lion roar type of deal mm-hmm. it was sort of like that where you feel it in your chest and yes yes i i've had that experience in east texas but yeah go ahead okay and i want to get to that too because i don't know about what you guys have uh, been through out there but uh, i definitely want to hear everything you guys have to say about it um so it it uh, it sends me into like a state of shock. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm in shock. I didn't know what shock felt like at the time, but I know what it is now. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether. What do I do? Do I do I run? Uh, and then I'm like, no. Dad always said, you know, like if there's a wild animal around, don't run. Just uh, just back away. Walk out. And so the screaming continues. So, like, I'm hearing a scream from one end of the camp, and I'm hearing a scream from uh, this little valley area behind my camp. And so uh, I'm still trying to figure out how I, I know that whatever decision I make is could be deadly, so I need to make the best possible decision under the distress I was under at the time. And so I, uh, I'm sitting there, and I hear noise coming from one of the scream, uh, the the part of the camp that's uh, just past the caves. And I'm basically sleeping on top of these uh, coal mines. And I see this thing run by my camp, and I can tell immediately it doesn't look human at all. And uh, and it's running to the uh, the area 
behind my camp where the valley is. And so uh, I'm obviously instantly scared because I know that it's not a person. It doesn't look like a person the way it's running. It was more fluid and it was running so fast, like dodging trees. If you could see the area, I've taken many people to see that area and it was like running through trees like it was nothing and it was in the dark. Obviously, since it was dark, I didn't get a really good look at it. But it was definitely not a person the way it was running. Could you gauge? I know you said you could view it, but could you see like like uh, like the hair color or what size it was, or was because it, it, was, it was a male or female, or because it was dark, I couldn't tell if it was like a dark brown or a black. But it was probably one of those two things. Um, I could definitely see that uh, that. Uh, that head shape that people talk about, sort of like a pointy head, and I couldn't tell if that was the hair or the the actual skull, um, with long arms. And uh, but it was, you know, like in comparison to the Patterson Gimlin film, you could compare it to that if it was a much younger and leaner version of that. Okay. And more ape-like, less less human-like, and more ape-like. And. Uh, so the fact that it ran past me, I mean, it, I wasn't comforted at all, but it gave me some sort of like a semblance of a comfort knowing that it was running in a different direction towards the, the other screen from the other side. So was it running toward like a direction that you didn't go to if you decided to exit that camp or? No, thankfully, the uh, the direction where it came from is the direction I would need to to get to the path that okay. leads that leads out of the area. I wouldn't have known at the time, like if I had to go in the direction of those things, I wouldn't have known how to get out there at that time. So I was, it was very lucky that it happened to go in that. I never even thought of it in that perspective, but um, I'm very lucky that. Um, that I knew where that path was and that thing was going in the opposite direction. Because I, I've heard many, many stories and I've, you know, I've heard, I've, I've talked to a lot of eyewitnesses that whenever they have like an encounter, like, you know, say yours, they get shadowed out, they get shadowed out of the area and they, you know, they won't leave until you leave. And, uh, it was just, you know, I, I think maybe you caught it whenever you're blown on the coals, you probably caught it as it was trekking through the area. I'm guessing. Yeah. It was trekking through the area and goes, Oh, you know, he's, I got to, I got to go to this area. So, so well, I think the, I think the fact that I was, uh, I was, uh, I came out of the sleep feeling uneasy. I think that it had already screamed when I was asleep. So I'm sure that it was a scream that woke me, but I didn't remember the scream cause I was coming out of the sleep, you know? Yeah. Um, another question I wanted to ask you really quick was, um, cause I'm really into this infrasound stuff. Um, and I, I go back and I talk to people that I've talked to in the past about eyewitness reports yeah. and, and I always fail to ask them, how did you feel whenever you had your sighting or whenever you run into, cause like I was going to ask you, did you feel sick or did you feel nauseated? Did you feel like dizzy headed or anything like that? I think I felt all of those things, but I mean, not, not to the extent that I've heard other people talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was more based off of, uh, the, the fight or flight thing. I mean, I, I mean, 
I didn't know what to think of it at the time. I, I just called it my, my spidey sense because I didn't have any other way to. Yeah. <laughs> but you get this like tingling sensation on the whole back part of your head. Um, and your whole nervous system is just on fire trying to, you know, like trying to figure out while you're trying to figure out like, what, what do I do next? And uh, that's how I felt before I even saw it. I was feeling that way, but once I saw it, it was like, it was overwhelming. How about smell? Did you, did you smell it? <clears throat> no. Or? no smells, no. Wow, okay. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I can't explain that. I, I know that I've, I've heard people say that they've smelled things, and, and it may be one of those things where uh, it is sort of like a, a skunk sort of... Uh, pungent? Pungent smell? Yeah. Yeah, where where they they uh, intentionally release this smell at certain times if they feel fear or whatever. I mean, looking back on it now, I mean, do you think this was an alpha male? Do you think it was a juvenile? Did you or a youngling? Uh, youngling. Well, that's what I think is. I think that they were young and they were probably uh, testing me. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what Robert Morgan said whenever I had him out there. He's like, Wait, you probably encountered a couple of Robert W. Morgan. Yeah, you met yeah. Ro- you met Robert W. Morgan. Mm. Oh my god! <laughs> I got I got to tell you the story on how that happened. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> let me let me finish the part where okay, I got okay. home. <laughs> okay. Um, basically, at this point, like this thing runs runs across my camp towards this little valley, and. Uh, and that's the point where I just stand up and I start walking in the opposite direction towards that path. And I'm literally just walking. I am, I am not running. I'm not walking at a fast pace um, because I just want to get out of the, uh, the woods alive, you know, to get to the uh, road, which wasn't that far, but it was far enough. I mean, it, it could have been 100 miles, honestly. I mean, the way it felt at that time. Um. I had been up and down that path probably a thousand times and never had any kind of experiences like that. And so I, I, uh, once the, the screaming continued until I got to that path, once they saw that I was leaving, the screaming stopped. And thankfully I didn't have a situation like I've heard from other people where they get uh, escorted out. Right. Shadowed out. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I got to the road. I, uh, ran to my, my parents, uh, house, which was, uh, probably about a half mile down the road and, uh, pounded on the door. This was at, I'm assuming, uh, three o'clock in the morning. And then, uh, I went and, uh, I, I told my parents about it. They knew that I was shook up. They didn't know what for. Obviously, you know, my dad, you know, who's been a hunter and a fisherman and a, a mushroom hunter all of his life, never seen or heard anything like that before, probably doubted me, you know. Um, and I told my friends about it. We had an experience that very next night. Um, they... We went to the same spot, 
And since I was like 19 at the time, I just thought, you know what? Lightning never strikes twice in the same place. So I'm I'm going to take these guys these guys out here that that doubt me. I felt challenged like, you know, these guys don't believe what I'm saying. And it all happened all over again. Wow. So they got to experience it too. They got to experience it but with no visual. I wish they would have had the visual, but they at least they knew that I was not uh messing with them in any way. So like I wasn't even I actually fell asleep again that that night that second night and uh it was my friend Randy that woke up first to the screams and then uh and then I woke up and then my other friend Tony woke up and uh we had a tape recorder on us at the time and we hit record and we captured some screams and uh that tape has since gone missing. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, wow. But it was it wasn't a very good copy anyway because we had turned the volume all the way up, thinking we were going to capture more sound by doing that. But we captured more sound from the tape recorder motors than the actual <laughs> environment. Yeah. We were we were definitely not very good at audio. Mm. Well, it's you know you learn and you go. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but at least they they knew at that point that. Uh, I was not full of it. This, um, this was in... Yeah, Northeast Ohio, right off of uh, Route 30. Actually, less than 15 minutes from Minerva. Okay. I went up to, like in, I think it was 2001, 2002, I went up to the Newcomerstown uh, Bigfoot Conference. And okay, yeah. I think it was the 12th annual, the 12th and, and the 13th annual. I went up to there with... Uh, at the time, I was with the TBRC, so we went up there and I uh, got to walk around uh, Conshocton County and uh, look right. around. And it's just like it was a lot of hills, a lot of hills in that area. Yeah. It's, it's like I think it was, um, I think it was Amish area as well. Sure. And uh, so yeah, it's I, I've been in I've been in that part of the country. So I mean, it's amazing, amazing wilderness out there. So it is awesome. And oddly enough, like I used to go camping during the summers, uh, once a week, once every other week with my family in Coshocton. Mm. Ne- never had anything happen ever, wow. <laughs> ever. But it was this one time, you know, like that uh, something did go down. But uh, how I met uh, Robert Morgan, I I was having severe nightmares for a long time. I didn't, I didn't realize what, you know, I don't think there was a, a definition for, I guess they would call it shell shock mm-hmm. at that time. But I had PTSD. You know, I would have nightmares almost every night about uh, this Bigfoot thing. And uh, my mom called me at work and she was like, uh, I just saw this guy on TV. And uh, he's in the area researching Bigfoot and you might want to call the number. And it was uh, Robert Morgan, and Robert Morgan had a place in Canton, Ohio for a while. I don't know if he's from Canton, Ohio. So anyway, I called uh, Robert Morgan, and he was interested, and uh, he came out to visit the site. And I showed him the area. This was probably, I'm assuming, uh, maybe six or seven months after the situation happened. 
and uh, he, uh, my friend Randy was with me at the time, and we both met Robert, and he took us out there. I had no idea who he was um, until he, you know, like he he nonchalantly mentioned some things he had done, and I didn't know he was in uh, some movies either. He just said that he worked in Hollywood here, to, you know, here and there. Yeah. He, he was not like he wasn't bragging about anything. No, he's he's a good dude. He's a good dude. Yeah, he really is. Um, I never, I've never got a chance to meet him. He was supposed to come down to our first annual Bigfoot conference in Jefferson, but uh, something happened, and he couldn't he couldn't make it. And I was really bummed out because I really wanted to meet him. And when was this? This was probably uh, two thousand two thousand one. So. Yeah. It's hard to lock that guy down because he's just he, yeah. At the time, at that time, he was just all over the United States. Yeah, so. he he was. He was a busy dude because I because I remember we were, we were trying to get him in and we had to pencil someone else in. So at the time, yeah. and I think we got like Lauren Coleman, uh, John Benernagel, um Can't think of who else who we had. I think it was Smokey Crabtree and some other people. But yeah, uh, Linda Mooton Howe was supposed to show up too, but she couldn't show up either. So. I'd never got a chance to meet her either. But anyway, wow, you got to meet him. Man, I'm so jealous. I'm so jelly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was great. He was sort of, I mean, we, uh, he he actually uh, came to my parents' house too and like explained like, uh, you know, your son probably had this happen and, you know, like uh, he explained everything and, and, like it was all new to me at the time. Like I didn't do any Bigfoot research or anything like that. I wasn't. I wasn't interested in Bigfoot at that time. I was interested in cars and girls and movies. Right. You know. <laughs> so uh, it was nice that he stopped by and took the time. And uh, absolutely, that's awesome. And and you know, like, kind of gave me somewhat of a an answer to what happened, you know, he, he assumed that it was juveniles too, just based off of, uh, the report that we gave. And, uh, and I, I lost touch with him for a while. And then like I, around 2001, I was, uh, I was still struggling with the, the dreams and, uh, I found him on the internet and uh and started talking with him through like AOL messenger and uh, and uh it was just uh yeah he was always very receptive and he is such a good person i can't i mean like i any any questions i had for him he would always answer it turn my email it was just it was awesome i just wish i had yeah. a chance to meet him but um man but uh i was going to ask you did you have you overcome that? Have you like you know overcome the, yeah. the dreams and stuff? Okay. When I moved to California, it seemed like they just pretty much dissipated for the most part. Mm. I would have the occasional dream here and there, but I didn't. I, I, I those dreams are practically gone. Like if I have one, it's not very often, and it it obviously catches me by surprise when I do have one. I think because I've I've grown to understand certain things about my encounter for one thing they could have smashed my face in while i was sleeping and they didn't yeah i think i think they just wanted you out of that area they just wanted me out of the area so mm-hmm. wow that so I, I i came to some sort of a piece just because 
I realized, you know what, if they wanted me dead, they would have had me dead. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, I know I've I've helped a couple guys that have night night terrors too, and I've helped a guy, and he never. I explained to him why why I thought he saw them and why they were there, and he never equated it to like food or family or it had family. He just thought it was a monster and wanted yeah. to kill him. I said, if he wanted to kill you, it would have killed you. Yeah. But, um. But man. You know, because I was listening to this other podcast, like I was saying, I was listening to the podcast, I was listening to you talk and stuff, and I know, you know, you went through these uh, these night terrors, but I know you, whenever whenever I hear you speak, you, you speak like you're a researcher. I'll, I'll just say that, because like some of the verbiage that you use, you know, like you were, you were explaining to this other uh, podcaster that, you know, if he asked you about a gun and you said, well, if I'd have shot it, it would have just pissed it off. And, you know, it had brothers and sisters. And I go, man, I go like novices and people who just, you know, just yeah. casually see a Bigfoot. Don't talk that, <laughs> that, that way. So, so I, I'm, I'm assuming that this has become like a passion to you now or what? It still is from time to time. It's not something I, it's not my main point of interest, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've I've had every once in a while I get I get the bug you know it's like I need I need to know more I want to know more and yeah. I've, I've done I mean I've had a lot of experiences even since then they haven't been frightening experiences but they've been very interesting and intriguing and they may be Bigfoot and they may be something entirely different I don't know but I do know that um, that it's it, it's a it's something that every once in a while I become a little obsessed over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same here, man. Same here. <laughs> Interested in certain things. And then I just find myself like thinking about those experiences. And it's like, what was that? What was going on exactly? And I've met so many people, you know, like, thankfully, honestly, I should make mention of this. And, I don't know if I have before or who I've talked to. Maybe I said it to Matt, but mm. on his show. But uh, because of podcasts, I've been able to deal with it. And being able to hear other people's accounts and stories and people that I, I genuinely feel like they, they, they actually had an encounter. Like I hear some that are clearly not true. But then I hear some that I'm like, I really relate to that. Like what they're, they're what they experienced and how they're awarding it. Um, they obviously went through something very legitimate in regards to uh, Bigfoot. Right. I mean, that's. Um, I mean, because like you, I I've interviewed so many people, uh, like hundreds and hundreds of people, and and I can usually tell when someone's you know pulling my leg or someone's like, you know, they've convinced that they've actually seen something. And you, yeah. and I usually go off body, you know, uh, body movement, body motion, their eyes and, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, you can always tell when someone's telling you, you know, Hey, I saw this thing and you know, it scared the heck out of me and I don't know how to deal with it. And cause usually I think whenever people came to me that day, whenever I was with the TBRC, I was kind of like the last conduit or the last avenue for someone to go. Cause they usually try to go to, you know, local law enforcement. They don't believe them. They go to their spouse. They don't believe them, their family. And I'm usually like, like the last conduit. So I tried to, 
I've always tried to like, you know, be available for anybody that wants to talk or just like, I used to tell them, I go, if it's three o'clock in the morning, call me. If you, if you need to talk about it, I'm, I'm here to listen. So, I mean, I always love the, you know, hearing stories and seeing if I can help people. So that's, I love the story that you're telling us. I mean, it's like, uh, it's almost like we were there with you, but anyway. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty frightening. I, I don't think about it very often. I don't talk about, I honestly didn't expect to come on the show and actually talk about this particular encounter. But it's always the one that shakes me up. So, like, whenever I get into my own head and I start thinking about it, it, it messes with me a little. But I, yeah. But I have I've had these other encounters that are obviously, um, they're not as scary. Obviously, <laughs> you know, like whenever I started listening to other people's encounters on shows, um, they would talk about how they were chased out of the woods and. And they had rocks thrown at them. And, and you know, when you back off, really back off far and look at the big picture, like we were talking about earlier, if they wanted you dead, you'd be dead. So they may have paralleled you out of the forest. Um, they may have thrown rocks in your general direction, but they didn't. If they wanted to really hit you with a rock, they'd hit you with a rock. Yeah, I mean that was like whenever I heard your story, and I heard you talk about you you got up and you kind of like blew on the fire and it kind of stoked it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I I recall talking to somebody. He was telling me whenever he was in the woods, he lit a cigarette, and when he lit a cigarette and then inhaled, he heard a growl, and then once once they saw huh. that that flame, it growled yeah. it growled at him. Okay, you know he didn't know what it was, and so I kind of whenever I heard that that part of your story, I said, man, I. Kind of reminds me of that one, but anyway, that's that's interesting. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible that thing was way closer than what I thought it was before it ran through the camp. Mm -hmm. You know, like when I started blowing on the fire, it could have been like, you know, thirty feet away. Man, I don't know. I I'll, I'll never know. Obviously, there are some yeah. certain things about that situation I'll never know. But I do know that. Uh, I do know that it was they started screaming at me on both ends when I started blowing on the coals on that fire. But I don't know if that was coincidental or, or what, or if it was, you know, something that, that geared them up in some way. I was going to ask you did uh, your other incidents and this incident was in Ohio. What did you, did you mostly have all your stuff there or? Yeah. Most of everything that I've ever had was in Ohio. Okay. <laughs> Did you know Don Don Keating or Mark Mark DeWorth or Monty Ballard? Did you ever meet those guys? Or I never met uh, Keating. I wish I would have. Uh, I think Keating's awesome. Um, I did meet Mark DeWorth. I believe he's the one that came out to investigate uh, an audio I took off of uh, my parents' porch. Um, I think that was around 2012 or 2013. Is that the audio? Did you what? What audio did you did you send me? Is it, is it okay? If, can we? Yeah, can, can yeah. we? Can we talk about that or? Yeah, um, the audio the audio I sent you that has more of a whooping sort of sound. Mm -hmm. um, that's the one that Mark DeWorth uh, came out and investigated wow. the uh, area. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna play it really quick. Is it you know is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Of course.
I, I sent whenever you send that to me, I send that to Stephen, uh, my nephew, and I told him I said uh, I've heard that in the woods too. I've heard <laughs> I've heard I've heard that that call in the woods, similar like in East Texas. So uh, that's amazing. It, it almost and, it almost sounds like it's like moving away a little bit. I don't know. I'm I'm guessing there. So I'm not sure, but you could hear overlapping whoops. So it sounded like two yeah. vocals. Uh, let me let me play this second one. I'm gonna play the second okay. one. I'm gonna play it one more time. Hold on. Yeah. So Mark DeWorth came out and and took your your side report or your incident. Yeah, I mean, as, as far as the the first the uh, audio that you played, the mm-hmm. the whooping sounds, he uh, came out for that. But the second one was, um, you could clearly hear coyotes being ramped up. Mm-hmm. Um, the recording is not good. It was taken off my iPhone. Um, I basically used the video part of my iPhone to record it. And uh, you hear the coyotes, but there was something underlying the coyotes that was ramping them up pretty good. I don't know what it was, and I'm not saying that it's Bigfoot. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying that it was something that was really... Out of the ordinary. Uh, yeah, it was out of the ordinary. It was something I just didn't normally hear, and it was uh, pretty eerie sounding. And this was at probably 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. Wow. Mark DeWorth. I, I've known him a while. He's a good mm-hmm. dude. He's he's a good dude. Uh really, really like him. Um man, you you met a lot of Bigfoot people. A lot of I don't know much about Mark DeWorth. Uh I just know that uh he's part of the BFRO. He came by and took my report. He was nice and you know, took and I I don't I don't know much about him. Um I, I have not honestly I've not met a lot of Bigfoot people. Um I never met uh, Bob Gimlin. I would have loved to have met him. Me uh, me too. So <laughs> <laughs> um but uh I have met some interesting people. I met uh Mike from uh the Bigfoot uh store, the Bigfoot Museum, Discovery Museum. Mm-hmm. In uh California? That one Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I took a full-on Bigfoot uh, uh, pilgrimage uh, <laughs> here, and I, I drove from Los Angeles all the way to uh, Willow Creek. Man, I am jelly. I am so <laughs> jelly right now. And so i i got to meet uh, I got to meet some some people along the way there. Uh, I went to Bigfoot Books. I met Jamie Wayne uh, through uh, Bigfoot. Uh, uh, What's it called? The or no Bluff Creek Project. Um, he seems like a really really good dude. He's awesome. Jamie Jamie Wayne is great. I mean, he uh, he's got a great sense of humor. I remember the first time I met him, he was like, "I'm gonna." I donated some uh, camera traps to these guys at uh, Bluff Creek Project, and uh, he's like. I'm heading up to change these cameras out. Uh, if you want to go with me, you can. So we uh, followed him up. I can't remember w- what this mountain was called. It was Eagle something. And uh, just to mess with him, because I knew he had a sense of humor to begin with, we got all the way up the mountain, and I to to sound like a Los Angeles city boy, I was like, uh, 
Oh man, this was further than I thought it was. Um, <laughs> is there a gas station anywhere around here? <laughs> and his face dropped. <laughs> That's <funny. laughs> At that point, we were buddies, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. But I didn't. I didn't have really much of anything happen in California. Um, I had two things I can say actually stood out. And again, I'm not claiming that it's Bigfoot. Uh, there was one time I was hiking up uh, Kings Canyon, uh, one of the mountains there, mm-hmm. or hills, I should say. And um, the woman I was with, uh, she was somewhat interested in Bigfoot. And she was like, do you want me to do a call? <laughs> and I was like... Uh, yeah, sure, go for it. You know, I mean, do whatever you want. And she did a call. So we get to the top. I mean, it was it was a good call. We get to the top of this uh, mountain, and then we start to um, descend from the mountain. And we hear this, uh, like, really loud crash. It sounded like a shotgun kind of crash. It sounded like a tree break, like a really fresh tree break. And everything was so quiet. Didn't know. You know, again, I'm just, I, I can't, I'm not saying for sure, mm-hmm. but uh, the fact that it was so quiet and, and I, I don't know what else could have made that noise. It wasn't a tree falling sort of thing. You know, I'm just guessing here because I've, I, it sounds like either a Bigfoot, you know, I know you're not saying it's a Bigfoot, but I, I've experienced where a, a Bigfoot's walking down a tree line. Yeah, and uh, the my mentor Luke Luke Gross was telling me because he's going to come through at this time and he's going to leave and he's going to let us know, and so yeah. it would walk down this this tree line, and it was just like walking and was just like twisting each branch as it's walking by and just oh, like wow. just popping yeah. them and it sounded like to us it sounded like like a shotgun blast. I I thought someone was shooting at us. I go, someone's shooting at us, and he goes, nope, that's he's the alpha. He's letting us know that he's leaving and he's. He's yeah. dom- he's dominant. So we got up the next morning. We walked out. We we went over to the area that we thought it was at, and it was these um, bodart trees. And bodart trees are really dense dense wood trees. And this thing was like eight feet up, and it was like a cascade of like branches that were just twisted. They weren't broken off completely. They were just twisted. He was just walking down this area, just twisting these branches. That's what it sounds like to me. Whenever you like talk about that, so that's yeah, could it could be that? I don't know. It could be something else. It could be. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, it just sounded like a really fresh tree branch break, you know, or like a, a tree break. It it didn't sound like something that uh, mm. was, like, accidental, you know. And then if it was, you know, like, uh, if it was an animal, wouldn't it be like a bear, like, kind of, like, hightailing it away from us and we could hear it, like, run, you know? Yeah, yeah I, would, I would think so. It, everything was very quiet around that tree break. Anyway, whatever. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not like saying that was my next Bigfoot experience. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like that. But I did have, you know, like uh, I was staying in Big Bear at one time. And uh, there's a nearby Air Force base there. And there was a sonic boom. And right after that boom, I heard a, you know, that audio I first played you that. uh, Yeah. It sounded just like that right after the, the sonic boom. I was. I wonder if it, like he didn't, it intrigued it or, it, you yeah. know, coaxed it to. What's that? You know, it's like, right. Yeah, exactly. That's that's awesome. 
Of course, I didn't have a recorder running. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it always works that way. It always works. I mean, I, mm-hmm. um, I was going to ask you: Have you had any paranormal stuff happen to you? Only once, but for the most part, I have to like. I'm just not. I'm just not on board with it. I just don't even know, like, what to say about it. Um, have you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I've I've been a case director for, uh, you know, Pentex Paranormal Investigations of North Texas for ten years. Yeah, I've had I've had I mean, I've had lots of stuff happen to me. You know, lots of synchronicity, a lot of other stuff. But um, I don't know. It's uh, what do you think that is? I'd like to know your opinion on what that is. Is that residual energy, or do you think that that's an actual uh, spiritual? ghosts so to speak or you know it's i i've always i've always said all the time whenever because i've done tons of investigations and people come to me about it to find answers and i always tell people all the time you know you got you got to research the property you got to you got to know what's in the property you got to know if it's there's limestone is there there's like a under underground uh river or, or you know or a creek under your house there's water flow there's a well because like water is is a conduit of in, of energy and so i think when when Matt's grandmother yeah. passed away, she, you know, I, I tell people this all the time that if you have a tragic life or you had a good life, it's always like an impression there all the time. So whether it's bad or good, it's going to be there like regardless. And so, um, I, I think it's just energy. It's like her energy that was, that was there. Cause like she passed away in that house. So I, I think it's residual energy. And it's just like whatever's in that whatever is in that property is it's retaining it for some reason, and that's just the way I look at it. I and mean, then there's other you know people have different theories, and uh, I, I don't know. It's just one of the things I think about. That's a good thing to think about. Yeah. So it's just like I mean, it it, it you know like anytime you like take the time to like try to understand what it is going on here, you know, like with the. Uh, consciousness and the the nature of reality yeah you're you're miles away from the other people around you yeah i mean not not, not that it's a competition no no it's not (laughs) it's not it's just like one of those things that because like when i was with the tbrc and i hate you know i hate saying this but when i was with the tbrc we were so fixated on bigfoot was flesh and blood you know that's what the teaching that we had whenever i first started and then whenever i broke away from them i started talking to other people. I started talking to native Americans. I started talking to elders. I started talking to young people that have sightings and stuff. And so I'm kind of more open now to a lot of other stuff. Cause like if you talk to any native American, like Choctaw or Caddo, they're going to tell you that, that the white man's never going to, you know, find a Bigfoot because it's spirit. They believe it's, it's spiritual and they're never going to find it. You're never going to, you know, put it on tape or catch the body or whatever. And, and you know, so I don't know. I'm those are not my theories, but I, I'm I'm going to be one of those people that I'm going to listen to what they have to say, or, or at least have that information and just you know hold it and and yeah. use it useful somewhere down you know you know down the line. I uh, I agree with you as far as like understand you know like trying to understand what other people are. are uh, mm-hmm getting at and believe but i definitely think it's flesh and blood yeah because of my encounter it didn't seem there was nothing supernatural about it It was just like and there's nothing wrong with that and i i 
I take everybody's like instant report or, you know, eyewitness report the same way. And it's whatever those people believe, whatever they, I, you know, I'm all about that, but I don't know. I, I've talked to so many people. So I try to get like information from everybody. Cause I, I've talked to so many people that this, to see portals and see Bigfoot stepping into a portal out of, you know, I've never experienced it. That's yeah. not, that's not my theory, but I'm, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to that story yeah. and, and gather it. So. I listen to all kinds of dogman reports, and I don't necessarily believe in dogman, but there are so many reports. It's just crazy. It is crazy, isn't it? Because like I, I hear so many stories about it, and people ask me that question. I go, I have yet to have one story about dogman. Yeah, or ran into him, but I mean, I think I ran into someone at at the Mineola Bigfoot Conference, and he was telling me about a story, and it was it was in Texas, and I go, okay. I mean, I listened to his story and and gathered it, but um. I don't get very many of those at all. And, yeah. Uh, but I, it's not to say I don't believe in it. You know, I, I'm just saying, you know, hey, bring me your story. I'll, I'll listen to you. But, I mean, if you had a Dogman podcast, you'd probably be getting tons of them. You know yeah, I mean? absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So. I mean, I want to, you know, let's turn the tables. I want to know more about you guys, Stephen and, and Robert. <laughs> I, I want to I know, like, what your encounters have been like. What's going on? Like, what's going on out there? Well, I mean, I, Stephen and I, we haven't done any like official stuff. I think we stopped like in two thousand, what two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we stopped it because like the, and I hate to say this, but, you know, the Bigfoot community, it's, it's it can be really, really bad. It can be really negative, very, very toxic. Oh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we stopped around two thousand seventeen, and but like beforehand, uh, I mean, we would go out with uh, Luke Gross, my uh, mentor. Uh, we would go out with, I think it was, um, uh, Todd Partain. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a, a documentary guy. I don't think he's doing like any more, any more movies or films now, but we would go out with him and I, I would research with, uh, Ken Marvel and, and then I would like talk with Matt Knapp and we would, we would go out sometimes, you know, Matt and I and stuff. So, uh, I mean, I don't do a whole lot anymore, but I, I still, if people reach out to me now and still ask me for help, then I'll, I'll, I'll go out and help them. I, I think the last case I've gotten was in Longview and that's, uh, with, uh, John, John Doe. And he had a, he had a pretty interesting story. It's, it's on our, it's on our podcast. And it's like, he had like one of the most interesting stories because he, number one, he used to be a wrestler and he, he saw this thing come out of the woods and it jumped out of the woods. And he said it was, he wrestled Andre the giant and he said this thing was two Andre the giants shoulder to shoulder. And he said it moved so unnaturally, like, like it was floating. That's what he said. It moved so quickly. And so that kind of intrigued me. Uh, and I want to go out to his, to his property, but this was, I think his was his mother-in-law's property, right? Mm-hmm. His mother-in-law's property. And, and he's not in, you know, he's divorced now. And so he's not in good relations with his mother-in-law. And so to me, I want to go out there because this Bigfoot was very, very aggressive. And I want to go out there and I want, this is what, you know, Bigfooters want. They want an aggressive Bigfoot so they can like film it and have it come out and react. So yeah. I still want to go out and do that. And like, I ask him all the time, I go, Hey man, you're going to give me this address. Hey man, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to go out there with me. He goes, no, <laughs> there's no yeah. way. Cause you can't pay me enough money to go out there. But uh, but yeah, we, we don't do a lot of Bigfoot stuff anymore. Like, but again, you know, we're, we're mostly, uh, 
cryptid sports entertainers now. So, <laughs> so I'm not. I don't call. I don't call ourselves podcasters anymore. I call ourselves cryptid sports entertainers. There, there's only like a couple places where I would actually go back. Uh, Concho. Yes, I, I, I'd, I'd love to go back. I, I, you say let's go do it tomorrow. Okay, let's go. Um, and then I actually want. You're gonna think I'm crazy. I want to go to that spot where you took Julian. Uh, uh, Brown Springs. Brown Springs. Brown you, Springs. You said that. that. You, yeah, we sh- we should we should take uh, Wolfgang out there. Yes, that yeah. one. Take me. <laughs> so <laughs> this this one uh, this one has like um, I didn't I didn't go. You were telling me about it. And I go. Yeah. Oh man, I, that sounds really bad. Yeah, this one. I think the Dallas mob used to dump bodies there. And there's like there's lore of dogmen in that area. I've you know, and then there's also Bigfoot in that area too. So whenever I went out there, I I had a lot of like uh, I want to say it was infrasound or it could be you know EMF. I don't know, but whenever I got there, like I had like like something pushing on my chest, and I just felt very uneasy there. The air felt heavy. Yeah, and I and like we walked down the Red River, and we walked back, and I think at the time. Uh, we went out with Ken Marvel and something had pushed a tree over in front of his car. And there was like 14 inch prints around his car. And, uh, and it was like, it was broad daylight. It was like at around noon and I made a couple calls and something called back, you know, to us on the other side of the red river. And so I had a bunch of stuff there. And, um, and who was he on? Like, I'm sorry that we brought his name yeah, into it. My but cousin, he, my he, cousin. He was like trembling in fear, right? Yeah. Like, he, he wanted to leave like right away and stuff. So yeah. it was, uh, but that would that would be a good area. That the Longview area is the one I want to go to. And, yeah, that and, too. And Concho, yeah, I don't know if you ever heard that story, uh, Wolfgang. No, uh, I haven't. Concho was the one I heard the story um, from a colleague of mine. Well, actually, it was um, Todd Todd Partain mm-hmm. brought the story to me. Uh, supposedly, there was um, there was a Bigfoot that walked up to a casino north of El Reno. Oh, I did hear this. I so, did hear it. Yeah, so this Bigfoot walked up to this casino and drank out of a grease pit, and they videotaped yeah. it. And so Todd, Todd Partain, huh? Go where ahead. is the video? I know it's like it's right. like like we keep we keep we're asking for it because like Todd Partain was a a uh, a guy that filmed uh, you know documentaries, and so he heard the story, and so he asked me to go with him. So Stephen and I went. To to it Concho, like, it was like a Saturday morning, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it was, was like a quick thing. Like, hey, we're going to Concho. Go, like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we like go up there and we go we go to the casino. We I think we uh, talked to I think it was his name was Michael Sulfur. Mm-hmm. Name uh, yeah, Michael Sulfur. He, he had a cousin that was working there, and that was our contact. So we we go there to go look at this video. We get there, and it's uh, the I guess the owner of the, of the casino said we didn't we don't want any non Native Americans there, so they. They didn't, they like denied us. And I, I told him, I go, man, we drove all the way up here, man. I go, let me just see the video. I don't want to copy it. I just want to see the video. And they would not let us, you know, they wouldn't show it to us. And we were already there. And I said, well, we're not leaving. Let's, so we had to drive into town and talk to some elders and get some paperwork done. That way we could legally be there and not, cause like they didn't, they didn't want non Native American people there. I mean, you and I could pass. Yeah, we, we could we, pass. We, we for, could pass the Native Americans, like, but we had Todd Partain there, and he's stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah, he's 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 a redhead. He's yeah. a ginger. Yeah, yeah so. he's very 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 pale white. Um, so yeah, that I think yeah that was, that was our liaison was was uh, Michael was Michael Sulfur. Yeah. yeah, Michael Sulfur was our liaison. So we actually we actually went into town uh, and we tried to interview people, and no one wanted to talk to us. 
And so uh, we ended up going to the woods that's where they have close to where they have powwows. And uh, a Native American Affairs officer pulls up. And he sees Todd at first. He only he doesn't see us. Yeah. And so he sees Todd, and he want, he pulls up really quick, and he goes, "Okay, I'm gonna arrest this white man, and I'm gonna, mm-hmm. you know, put him in put him in jail and get some money and stuff like that." So and then he sees us. He sees uh, the liaison. We show him our paperwork, and so I had I had a tape recorder, and I approached him, and I said, "Hey, uh, you want to talk about Bigfoot?" And he says, "Turn that off, and I'll, I'll talk to you." I go, "Okay." So I turned it off. I turned mine on. No. <laughs> It's so, so, that's exactly how this operates. I know, <laughs> but he he asked me take the batteries out. That's what he told me take out the batteries. Yeah. So I took out the batteries, and he goes, "Man, Bigfoot's here all the time. We just can't talk about it." He says, "Man, I do like three uh, reports on like you know Bigfoot a week out here, and it's always out here." So you know, we end up talking to him for like a couple hours, and it was kind of neat. And then as the sun was going down. You know, uh, Todd and our uh, liaison wanted to leave, and I said, "No, we gotta, we gotta do like some tree knocks and some, you know, you know, some yells." So I get out of the vehicle and I go, I go do some. Was it tree knocks first, or was tree, it, it was tree knocks? And uh, that's whenever Michael was like, "What, what, what are you doing?" He was scared. And <laughs> yeah. then I was, you know, you said, "I'm gonna do some tree knocks," and then like not even like you were like ten feet in front of the car. I get out. He goes, "Wait, wait, wait where are you going?" I said, if, if anything happens to my uncle, I want, I want to be there. Like, I, I, at that point, it was all adrenaline. It, yeah. I, I used to be so scared of it, and now I was just like, oh, let's, I'm riding this wave. And you did the tree knocks, and not even, not even like 10 seconds later. Yeah. There was tree knocks, tree, right? Tree knocks back, and then we were like, holy crap. And then you did, I think you did two, two, two shots, two, like, yeah. two yells. Yeah, two yells. And then we get we get two yells back. Two yells back, and then the coyotes started going crazy and stuff, and we we're just like, "Oh, this is uh, okay." We stepped and, into something, I, and I wanted to stay, but the but the liaison goes, "We we have to leave. We got to leave." Yeah, I felt so bad for him. Like he, you could tell he was about to have like a a, a freaking panic attack. Mike, I'm sorry, Mike. Mike, if you're, if you're listening to this, sorry, we love you. Please take us out <laughs> again. We'll do it early in the, in the morning, but. Yeah, he was like, the sun's about to go down, man. We really, we really need to get out of here. We, we, and we weren't even really deep in the woods. We were no. Just, it was an off-road. Maybe thing. like, I don't know, like 70 yards or 70 something. 70 yards from the main road. And <laughs> so. he, was, he was like, he was like ah, we, we got to go. We got to go. And Todd was, he looked like he was chill. Yeah, but he was. He he had his 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 gear, his and gear, the, and and the and the wheel and everything like set up on the car just in case if we needed to jump in and take off. But yeah, yeah I mean that's. And I'm always intrigued to go back to that one because that was the. There's a school, the abandoned school. Yeah, I keep, it, I keep bringing that up. It's supposed to be super, super haunted. It's like has like portals there or something. I don't know. Yeah, but. the Native Americans say that there's like uh, two or three portals. They died. Yeah. A lot of people die there with smallpox. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's just weird that it's like right across the street from where that all those bigfoots were, where that activity was at. Yeah, it's it was it's an intriguing place. I'd like to go back. I'd like to go to Brown Springs. I'd like to go back to I mean I want to go to Longview. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of places I want to go. And you know, I think just recently um I was I'm able to walk better on terrain cuz as as I as I got better, you know, I just I my my footing has not been the best. And so uh but you know, it's getting better now, but I think I'm ready. I'm ready to go back out and I just need to get some like some snake boots or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because you you unfortunately will run into that over a Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. 
but I, I would like to talk about the people that I've met through the Bigfoot world yeah. and, and how crazy and, and, and random it was. Um, like, of course there's Jamie Wayne mm-hmm. and, uh, and that was great. Uh, uh, and I, I met the, this guy named, uh, Tate Hieronymus and, uh, I can't remember how I met. Oh, I guess I probably met him through the Bluff Creek project. And, uh, he was so, he was so uh, intrigued and fascinated with the subject. And I think we connected on Facebook back in the day. I had deleted my account. Um, I just rejoined Facebook and so I think what's, I think what's interesting there, there are two people that stand out for me that are, um, incredible individuals that have experienced Bigfoot and that's Bob Gimlin and Ron Moorhead and the way they handle it and they're, they're so it just, they're critics, the critics, like they just let the criticism roll right off their backs. And I know that it didn't, it wasn't like that at first. I know that they were, they had horrible, uh, criticism and, and, uh, judgmental people, uh, directing at them and they were able to overcome that and and be able to still stand a stable ground and tell their story and I think that's fascinating and, and we should all be more like them than people that and I'm sorry I, I respect people like Grover Krantz and Renee DeHinden but at the same time they were very dramatic and they were very uh, abrasive and and staunch in their opinions. They were, <laughs> yeah. And and I, you know, like I I appreciate what they contributed, but at the same time, I don't feel like it was like anything that could promote, you know, like propel us forward in the research. Like they they had a great theory, and and that's where it ends. You know, I, I was just gonna say I I just became friends with uh, uh, Ron Ron Moorhead too. <laughs> nice. He just nice. Ex- he just accepted my friendship probably a couple of weeks ago, so I was pretty I was pretty excited about that. I go Sierra sounds yes yeah, <laughs> so. and he's he's uh and I can apologize publicly to Ron Moorhead because I didn't think his Sierra sounds were legit back in the day back in the nineties mm-hmm. because. What I heard in the woods wasn't what he heard in the woods. Right. I heard them. I heard them uh, screaming at me, so I didn't hear that gibberish or whatever. And so, like, I just you know, when I got his uh, Sierra Sounds recordings on CD, um, I thought it was fake. Yeah. But, but I I can tell you this. Here's where it changed for me. I heard a recording that was from East Texas, from Sam Houston National Forest. Mm. And you could hear the screams that I heard personally in Ohio. And you could hear the gibberish that he recorded in California. And at that point, I was like, there's no way he faked this. I've, I've actually heard, I've heard both. I've heard the gibberish and I've heard like, you know, the calls like you had. I've heard both of those in like East Texas. Yeah. So, uh, I've, I mean, I've, I've had it up close to where it was so loud that my whole chest vibrated yes. and, and that's just something that, you know, I, I've never seen one, but I know they're out there. I just, I know it. And, you know, 
Uh, I've had so many incidents where I, if I, if I would just paid attention a little bit more, I probably would have saw it, but you know, yeah, it's just hard to see. I think I've, I've always been a firm believer that these things, they pick and choose who they let see them. And I'm just not one of them right now. So, yeah. and you know, I'm totally okay with that. So no, I have a theory about that too, because the one night I had a full on visual and the very next night I had two guys with me and it didn't appear. Right. So that totally I, makes sense. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, I think that they are like full on, they're that intelligent and they're that aware that, um, for whatever reason, they, they think that, you know, like, do you, do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it's just the, well, you know, if this one guy sees me, he can't tell other people without sounding like a fool. I mean, I took, I took, whenever I took Steven out, uh, was like, that, how many times was that when I took you out before that? Uh, probably, probably about six or seven times, maybe. And so, like, this six or seven time, you actually had a lot of activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the one time I took him out and I told him, I said, you better enjoy this. Cause like whenever, I, whenever, <laughs> whenever I was doing like serious research with, it's like, I would, it would take me six months to get something close just to hear exactly. something. Cause we, like, got, we got yelled at, we got uh, eye shine, we got the rocks thrown at us. And we, I, I think that night something crossed that road where that truck was like going full speed and then it just came into a complete halt. Yeah. And it backed up. You can see the lights back up, and then it just like takes off faster. And we're all like, "It that person, whoever that was driving the truck, saw something. They saw something. They almost either hit a bigfoot or something. It hit something. Yeah. And that that night was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I think like I like like I was saying, it, it would take me like six months, like because I would do a lot a lot of my stuff in Paris, Texas, and I can say that because I don't. I'm not part of that group anymore, but I did a bunch of stuff in Paris, Texas, and I it took me six months just to get something to come by close to me where I could either hear it or hear tree breaks or whatever. Because I would yeah. I would wear like the same clothes. I would like you know wear the same clothes. And I would wash them in really mild soap, and I'd wear the same clothes. And I would you know bring the same gear. I would just do that, and like I, I go, come on, man, let, let me at least see you, at least something, but. You know, I don't know. Just like I guess it just didn't pick me to do it, and I, you know, I'm I'm okay with that. So, but I, you know, I kind of moved on, and I've kind of moved on just to help people now. So I just want to, and I know I keep saying that, but I just that's just the passion I have is just to help people, hear their stories, help them, help them go through it, and maybe give them some answers. Well, you know, why did I see this, or how come you know this this incident happened to me? And so I don't yeah. know. I've, I've just kind of got a passion for that. I mean, that's a good passion to have, of course. But at the same time, I feel like you're looking at it at the wrong perspective because uh, I don't think it's picking you for anything. I th- I think it's just uh, it's random and it's uh, yeah primordial and 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 happenstance. It's it, it's it's about the character of the individual that you're around. It's not even the we tend to like stereotype like how Bigfoot should be. So, I mean, there are some people that think that they're evil creatures that are out to rip people apart. And then there are the people that think that they're the 
friendly forest giants. And both of those are completely wrong. Yes. <laughs> they're very they're very much like us. Like they all have attitudes. They all have They're they're moody, right? They're moody. They're very, yeah, they're very moody just like we are. <laughs> and so like uh so it's not a, a matter of choosing like they're not superior. I mean, they're superior in some ways, obviously, but they're not like uh they're not magical. To me, I mean, right. I don't know what you believe, but I don't think that they're magical. I think that they're just, they're amazing creatures that uh, that I would like to study, but uh, we can't study because they're that, they really are that smart. And elusive and all that, all that yeah. stuff. It makes me wonder if, I always wondered this too, like, the animals get depressed. Does, does Bigfoot get depressed? I would imagine so. Like, like man. I'd imagine they do, but I, I'd imagine that the the amount of McDonald's that we uh, pump ourselves full of <laughs> yeah. cannot compare to the amount of like uh, clean eating that they have, and that's probably why they're superhuman. Is yeah. because they don't partake in that type. For the most part, they don't partake in that type of diet. Yeah, I'm nothing sorry. that except for that one that I drink from the grease pit. I'm yeah, sorry. I was gonna say that's that's their version of fast food. Yeah, is it grease pit? Like, oh yeah, you know that that dude is like signing up for some surgery. Yeah, he's like, man, I'm talking to his Bigfoot family, yeah. like, my stomach hurts real bad. Well, you drink from the grease pit. I need to get some. Uh, I need a colonoscopy. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, Bigfoot. That, I, yeah, that that makes sense because they they eat nothing. There's nothing processed unless they they dig Still through cleaning, the. Yeah. Yeah, unless they dig through like a garbage and they, you know, they do that. They do what they can to survive. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that always that always fascinates me and and stuff like that. Their metabolism so high. Their yeah, their yep. endurance. Their you know, they're probably you know what they're probably even like great swimmers. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've I've heard of you know reports of them swimming. I've heard reports of them uh, going through dumpsters. I've heard them stealing pigs. Now imagine how terrifying that would be. If your first sighting is you're you're swimming in a lake and you see, you have you know you're obviously looking and you just see a bigfoot just floating, just looking at you. Does he have a pina colada? Uh, and he's just like <laughs> has like has like a, I don't know salmon in his mouth and he's just like I, I can't run away or can't swim enough fast enough to, yeah. to get away. You saw me. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like I, that would be terrifying. I, I think I would probably yeah. pass out underwater. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would too. That's that's a terror. Like, hey, I saw Bigfoot <laughs> underwater. Yeah, while I was swimming, and there was a Bigfoot underwater. Huh? You know, no one's gonna believe that. No, oh, Jesus, <laughs> that's terrible. But but that stuff happens. I mean, you hear these stories. It's yeah. like you can't make this stuff up. They, I mean, you actually hear like things like this happening. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with fishermen and boats, like these things, like swimming towards their boat, probably to grab the, uh, the, the fish, fish line. Yeah. The, the stringer full of fish off the side of their boat and just like, hey, <clears throat> goodbye. Yeah. And the strength, the amount of strength yeah. that it has, like, yeah. yeah, I can take, I can take, I can take you and the boat. Like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no issue, but I want the fish. Mm-hmm. Man, right. that is, that's, <laughs> That is crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. What do you guys what do you guys feel about the uh missing four one one stuff? Ooh, yeah, you know, I the are you talking about the the missing four one one by what's his name? David what's his name? Pilatus? Pilatus. 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 Yeah. yeah. The I think I I think the the missing four one one hunted one. 
has a lot of undertones of Bigfoot with, sure. w- without Otham saying the word Bigfoot. I still, I still got to watch that. Yeah, you got to watch it, man. It's yeah. like, it's, I, yeah, I think that they're like obviously um, playing off of that, you know, as it being Bigfoot. Clearly, 98% of the people that go missing in the forest is because of uh, exposure. Yeah. What do you, what do you but, mean by exposure? But, like, you know, like they get they get dehydrated and yeah. they just, you know, end up dying. Cause people don't realize, mm. like, especially, uh, I mean, obviously, especially suburban or uh, city people that go out and decide that they want to take uh, a hike or go camping um, are ill-prepared and they uh, lose sight of... Uh, being dehydrated or whatever, you know, they don't realize that they're going to have to exude so much energy to do this or that. And, uh, before you know it, like you're dehydrated and you're, you're literally dying. That's true. Yeah. I I think that's, I think for the most part, but I mean, these people are obviously instantly found for the most, you know, like, but uh, there's the occasion when they go missing. It's like, what happened here? You yeah. know? Yeah, there's no trace of them. There's no clothing. There's nothing. And it's just that's always intrigued me, too, like all that stuff. And, and what, what really boggles me so much is that the, the, like the government and like the national parks, they won't report on that or they don't, they don't investigate yeah. it or they don't put any resources in it. And to me, that, that boggles my mind. Because they know something, probably. Maybe, but it's like, because uh, the, be. the woods will eat anybody up, and if they're like you said, if they're ill prepared on it, 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 it takes advantage of it. Just, I just mean, the, I don't know if you have either of you guys seen the uh, the the nature video that somebody recorded. It was a photographer that uh, tacked down a a deer carcass in the forest and and put a time-lapse camera on it and you could see it deteriorate in like under a week. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's just like alpha scavengers and like the earth, right? Yeah. Yeah. So basically like when people ask like, why haven't you, you found a Bigfoot carcass or, yeah. or skull or whatever? You, like, you know, honestly, <laughs> nobody would see that ever. You know, it's funny. Ever. It's funny that you say that. Cause like whenever I first met John Bendernagel, uh, the uh, wildlife biologist. I asked him that same mm-hmm. question. I go, I go. How can we have? And I was really young at the time. I said, How can we haven't found a body of a Bigfoot? And he goes, Well, Robert, you know, I know, you know, I've been in British Columbia, and I goes, I know there's grizzly, I know there's brown bear, because, but I've never seen a skeleton of them because they get scattered. And so that hit home to me like right whenever he told me that. I go, Oh my god, yep. that's so right. <laughs> so. <laughs> John Bender Nagel's telling me that, you know, hey, you know, it just gets it gets scattered and the earth takes it up. So, I mean, that makes so much sense. And when people tell me that, I, I say that all the time to them. I say, well, John Bender Nagel says. <laughs> nobody, yeah. Nobody, like, that. that's interesting, but nobody ever really realizes the fact that there there's probably many, many, many uh, moments where a Bigfoot is fighting a grizzly bear. And we don't know because we don't see it. Wow. Yeah. And you you got to realize how many times, because uh, um, it's a grizzly bear, it's going to want to eat. So it's going to see something like, ooh, what is that? And the Bigfoot's just like, leave me alone, you know? Or, hey, this is mine. Yeah. And then, it, yeah, this <laughs> yep. is my area. Yeah. And then a grizzly it just starts charging. It's like, all right, you asked for it. And then there's like a, a, a battle. 
and we're missing that battle royale. There's probably there's probably yeah. one happening right now, <laughs> and that bothers. There's me. probably one happening right now, and it's it, not just one grizzly versus one bigfoot. It's probably like three bigfoot versus one grizzly. A tag team. Yeah, and it's like we're missing that, and then you know it's just one of those things where. <laughs> It just bothers me, you know, because yeah, the, what a, what a sight to see pay per view a pay per view match. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a, what do you call those? Those Alaska guys. I I'm convinced at this point that the Alaskan guides, um, they see stuff and they just don't report it. Yeah, I, I'm one of the bet, especially in like okay, the man, you just Alaskan Triangle. Yeah, like you're just walking in the woods and you're just like, what the hell is that? Who's he, who's yeah. who's yelling at you? Like, what's growling? What's, is that a grizzly bear? Oh, it's fighting another grizzly. That's not a grizzly mm-hmm. bear. That's not a grizzly bear. It's okay. time for the main and, event. And then you see a big from yeah. picking up the grizzly bear doing an F five. <laughs> it's just I, that you know. I'm a. I'm still a kid at heart. I used to always think Man, that. How come? How come we haven't talked about that before? Because I, I would think that you would probably laugh at me. Well, I'm laughing now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm laughing with you. So, um, but yeah, it's, that always bothers me. Like that's awesome. Oh Lord. <clears throat> Wolfgang, you you got anything you want to pitch or anything you want to people want to shout out to or or no? I have so many people I want to shout out to. Um, I got connected with Bigfoot Outlaws back in the day with uh, Matt Knapp and mm-hmm. and these guys like literally they invite me they invited me like uh, with open arms. I don't want to give out last names again. I don't know who right. wants to be on, uh, and I'm not going going to give out uh, specific locations. But that's fine. Eric and Kane. Uh, Eric in- introduced me to Kane, and uh, they took me out. We went camping, and they showed me things in the forest that I had never seen before. I never noticed before, and they did it at a time where it couldn't be faked. So they didn't know exactly where I was at until the morning that I said, this is my location. And so I wanted to show them where my uh, experience happened. And they came out and this was the middle of winter. So obviously there was snow everywhere. And as soon as we started to get onto, uh, the area right off the road, Kane and Eric started noticing things that were very peculiar. Peculiar, and uh, they said, uh, "This is interesting." So they they took me. I I started directing them towards the the cave uh, or the coal mine system where where I had stayed, and they. Uh, they started showing me all these things that were so interesting. And obviously, I mean, you would have to be so interested in like faking shit to actually go out in the middle of winter with boots on and do this. That, that and was there about, were, I was about to say that too. There were, there were no boot tracks anywhere. Like they had not been out here. The, the area that I took them to, um, they had not seen before and I immediately knew that these guys were on the level and they were showing me all these things that uh, I have never noticed in the woods before and uh, 
there was so much validation that came with that and it was so impressive that uh, and they were so humble too well i'm glad i'm glad you got to meet some good people because like that's that's fortunate because there's there's some people who don't get to do that and they meet you know yeah there's there's a a lot i mean there's a lot of bad apples yeah there's uh, the toxicity is real yeah Mm -hmm. but these guys were so uh welcoming and uh and and cool with like pushing uh information on me knowing that they could trust me with this knowledge and and not like spill it. It's it, because it's such a competitive thing for mm. whatever reason. Why are why are we so com- competitive? That's the reason why it's not a, a real thing anymore. Yeah, because people want to hold the fucking magic tricks. Sorry about the square. No, 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 you're you're, you're, you're fine. You're we, we cuss okay. all the time. We cuss yeah. all the time. Okay. Fucking shit. We we cuss. <laughs> <laughs> um, these guys were so legit. Um, and the things that we experienced. The things that they showed me, like, they're dragging me through uh, certain parts of the forest, and they're like, hey, uh, Wolfgang, check this out. And I'm usually behind them because I'm taking pictures. And then I come up upon what they're uh, showing me, and I'm like, what? Oh, my God. This is... There's no way this naturally happened, you right. know? <clears throat> and so, uh, and, and, you know, I, I mean, before that, uh, backtracking, uh, I was on Sasquatch Chronicles at one time and, uh, there's a fella on there that, uh, that heard my, uh, report and he was in the Ohio area. He invited me to go camping with him and a buddy of his, and this was Austin and Bob and so these were four guys that didn't even know each other. And so uh, the one night I went out with uh, Kane and uh, Eric, we went pretty deep in. Uh, they showed me some structures. We basically, we basically camped right on top of their uh, trackway. And... Um, these guys, they talk real loud. <laughs> and uh, it was so loud. Like, I, I mean, I was like, you could hear these guys talking and echo in the forest. We're uh, by the fire. It's, the sun is just setting. And we hear this big tree just, fuck, they, it just got bashed down. I mean, and it was so close. And these guys, these guys have been through this so often. They weren't even phased by it? They weren't even phased by it. They looked in the direction, and I can't remember who it was, if it was Kane or Eric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I recorded this. It's all on audio. Yeah. One of them said, uh, oh, well, I guess they know we're here. <laughs> <laughs> And then he continued to tell his story that he left off from. That's how common it is to these two guys. Yeah, that's they sound like Bigfooters for sure. Yeah, they they are definitely Bigfooters, and the stuff I learned from them was awesome. 
and I at the same time I knew the uh, these other guys, uh, Austin and Bob, and so we you know like keep in mind at the same uh, particular area. I'm not going to tell you where it's at. Um, all night long, I heard uh, whooping noises and tree knocks. All night, we we brought a I brought a, a green laser and I uh, showed uh, uh, Eric the green laser. And as soon as he uh, ignited the green laser into the sky, we heard tree knocks and whoops. Hmm. And uh, you know, like these guys, they fell asleep. Like they're used to this. And I'm scared to death because we're deep in the forest, and I'm thinking to myself, this is going to be a long night because we had a tree just get pushed down. It's very, to me, it's very confrontational. Like if a tree gets pushed down really close to where you're at, that's a sign of aggression. But obviously they had other business to contend to, so they went off and did their thing. But you could you could still hear whoops and tree knocks all night long, and these two guys that I was camping with were snoring, you know, like... <laughs> they were just completely out of it. You know, we had... They have just done it so many times that they just don't even care. But I was scared to death because, you know, my last, uh, you know, aggressive experience like that was like in 1990, 1991. And so... Uh, so I told my friends, Bob and Austin, about this. And I said, hey, uh, this is what happened in this area. We didn't go to that exact area. We went to an actual campground. And here's the bizarre part of the story. I'm telling them at the campground what happened. And we have a tree pushed down right by us. And it startled everybody in the campground. People in the campground started going towards the the, uh, lake edge to see what happened. That's weird to me. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, I had to mention those guys, Tate Hieronymus, uh, Bob, Austin, Kane, and Eric. Those guys all, like, uh, they helped me deal with uh, things from the past and also opened my mind to, like, getting back out there and, and experiencing the good life. Because that's what we're doing. That's why we go out there. If there was no Bigfoot, I would still want to camp. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually, uh, like I said, I'm glad you got to meet good people. And you got to experience that. Because, like, you know, man, there's you know, so many weird people out there. And I go, man. Yes. Because I, I always tell people all the time, because you know, like so-and-so always tells me, hey, you should go out in the woods with so-and-so because they mm-hmm. like Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. I said, well, just because they like Bigfoot doesn't mean I got to go to the woods with them. Because I don't really know them. Yeah. And... And so, yeah, it's it's good that you ran into some good people because, like, man, uh, there's a, there's like five people I would trust to go to the woods, and uh, you know that's just how I am. And because, like, you got to be able to, like, if you're going to go to the woods, you, you know, you got to trust someone to get you out in case something happens to you. So, it's not just that; just knowing that they're not going to like play games during the night to like yeah. make you think that there's a bigfoot, and like Bob and Austin and uh, Eric and Kane, those are those are the guys you can trust while you're in the middle of a deep sleep to not like mess with you. You know, I'd like to meet them. So, 
they are uh, very receptive of new people as long as they're legit. Okay. Whenever whenever we talk off show, we can you can hopefully you can give me their contact. I can of course hook, I will hook up, yeah. hook up with them. Okay. I mean, we could get on the show together. Honestly, like Bob and Austin would probably come on come on with me, and so would probably Kane and Eric. Right on. Okay. Yeah. All right. They're part of the Bigfoot Club. Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> But um, I think I think I'm gonna cut the sh- the the show because uh, I, yeah. I think I got enough to do one show. So, Wolfgang, thank you for thank you so much for coming on, man. I really really appreciate it. Uh, and I know um, I was trying to get you on. I was thinking about getting you on like for a while, but um, but you know, hey, it worked out. It worked out good. I think uh, this this time this time slot worked out pretty good, and I'm pretty yeah. happy. So, anytime you want me on. Alrighty. Well, I'm I'm just telling you right now, we're gonna get you back on for the for the Escape from New York one. So we're, we're gonna <laughs> yeah. we're gonna talk about that one because that's that's my movie. I used to I used to tell people all the time to to call me Snake. I was like, call me Snake. <laughs> so so it was for the longest time. So call me Snake. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, hey, I appreciate you inviting me. Thank you guys.